0: Broncos Bron- 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 cool go. Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown
1: Denver. Alright, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend Nick Ferguson. And Nick, the Broncos finally have a head coach. Uh, we talked about it on Tuesday. It must have been just a, a few hours later that day um, that the Broncos officially hired, or I guess it's not official yet, Nick. They haven't even uh, put out a statement or release or anything. They've put out some uh, funny pictures from the Twitter account, but um, <laughs> it's being reported. It's, it's from what I understand, pretty much a done deal. We're just waiting for the official announcement that the next head coach of the Broncos is going to be Sean Payton. Uh, we talked a little bit about that on uh, Tuesday, Nick, I said, you know, if I had to guess, I guess it would be Sean Payton. Uh, now, I, I, I'm going to take a victory lap, Nick, uh, even though that was a total shot in the dark. I had no idea that it was going to happen that day. But Nick, just give me your genuine reaction on Tuesday uh, when you found out the news and, and kind of your thoughts on the Broncos landing Sean Payton.
0: Well, uh, I kind of figured that that was going to happen. Uh, it, it, it wasn't something that we knew for sure, but I mean, all you had to do is look at the situation, right? Who was in, who was out, who was left over, right? And at the end of the day, it was Sean Payton standing against the wall and the Broncos said, you are our God. And when I listened to some of the reports that were saying, Hey, the Broncos had pegged him from the very beginning as being their guy. I was like, yeah, they had interest. But he wasn't the number one guy. We talked about it, you know, in Jim Harbaugh being their number one guy. And then they went through the minutiae of trying to go through the process. and might have lost some coaches at the same time, but it doesn't make a difference. It's all water on the bridge. Now Is Sean Payton. And I know you want to take a victory lap, but can you really take a victory lap? Because I thought your victory lap was going to be D'Amico Ryans, George.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think uh, I, I don't. It's not a real victory lap. It's like a, it's like a half victory lap, maybe a victory sprint. Um, but because uh, I mean, it seemed like every week, Nick, we had a different prediction on who might be the next head coach, and I think that goes to your point, right? That Jim Harbaugh, I still think, was the number one choice. I think that was their guy. Uh, obviously, he got the first interview. Uh, they flew to Ann Arbor to try and convince him. Uh, they didn't get him, and all of a sudden they kind of shifted their focus to D'Amico Ryan's, it sounded like. Uh, and then, of course, it, they came back to Sean Payton because D'Amico was going to the Texans. So, uh, yeah, was it was Sean Payton their, their top choice? No. But that doesn't mean it's not a really good hire, right? I mean, I even tweeted it out. Of all the candidates uh, that interviewed for the Broncos job and any other job, Sean Payton had the best resume, um, you know, he's a guy that, that's coached 15 years in the league, was really successful in New Orleans, won a Super Bowl there. Uh, you know, his offensive success that he had—that's what gets you know me and, and I, I probably most people excited for this group moving forward is hey, finally they have somebody that uh, knows what they're doing on offense. And so I, I still think it's it's a home run hire. And and I, again, I get it, and they're going to tell us. You know, whenever the press conference is, I would think it's next week. But whenever that is, you'll hear a lot of stuff from Greg Pinner and George Payton said, oh, this was always our number one choice. Uh, I don't I don't believe that. I won't believe that even when they tell it to my face. But uh, it's still a really, really good hire. And, and I think that, um, you know, they should be applauded for ending up you know landing those guys because it was it was funny, Nick. All this criticism and talk about the way the search was handled and, oh, the Broncos missed on this guy and that guy they still ended up with, in my opinion, the best candidate of anyone in, in this cycle.
0: Well, yeah, if you, if you are saying the best candidate and bold letters means a guy's resume, yeah, of course, they, they, the Broncos have hit a home run out of the park with that. Uh, the process itself, will we ever really know what truly went down? Probably not, but we can use our best guess and definitely uh, figure it out. And of course, I mean, when when they talk about Sean Payton, I think it's probably going to take place on Monday. uh, They're going to tell us all the right things. He was the guy they identified. They went through the process. They came back to him because, like you said, he was the most qualified. And some of the issues that the Broncos were having were not on the defensive side of the ball. They were on the offensive side of the ball. And looking at Sean Payton's history with a quarterback, that may be similar to that of Russell Wilson, this was the best uh, guy, the best guy to go after. So, I mean, with all that being said, George, I'm I'm happy the saga is over. We don't have to labor the point as far as who's going to be the guy, who's in, who's out. Now, at this stage of the game, it's like, okay, well, let's actually get a deal done. Because like you mentioned, there's not an official contract. It's just kind of an agreement in principle that Sean Payton is going to take the job maybe by Monday or even a couple of hours today, we'll find out a deal was done. But when you think about the contract potentially that Sean Payton uh, will actually make, I heard maybe a four or five year deal upwards to 17 to 20 million. When you hear that, what do you think about that? Known as though that's a high pay grade and it's higher than some of uh Coach, some other coaches that are more accomplished than Sean Payton.
1: Yeah, I actually wrote about this yesterday in the Denver Gazette, um, Nick. But if if he's getting paid that amount, which I've heard the same numbers, five-year contract, somewhere between seventeen to twenty million dollars, I believe that would make him the second highest-paid coach in the NFL, Nick, only behind the Patriots' Bill Belichick. Now, some of these numbers, you know, are, are approximate because. Uh, it's, it's hard to, you know, they don't make the contracts public like they do players, but, um, you know, according to Sportico, I believe Sean McVay makes $15 million a year for the Rams. Pete Carroll makes, I think $14 million for the Seahawks. Those are the next two. So if Sean Payton's above those two, um, you know, that's, that's quite the contract, Nick. Uh, and those are some pretty lofty expectations if they're paying him that much money, Um, not to mention, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this in a second, the draft compensation that had to give up for him. So, um, you know, I'm okay with it. Look, it's not my money. I don't care, Um, you know, but uh, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of money to pay for a head coach, especially someone who's been out of the league the last year. Um, You know, I I know he had a lot of success in new Orleans, but I think it also, yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's also one of those things that they have high expectations for him. And I think that, that's only fair. And, and considering his background, he probably deserves it. And you know what, if that's what it costs to finally get a head coach in here with some experience and somebody that, um, you know, you know, has the track record to be successful, then I think it's totally worth it. And that's how I feel about the draft picks. I mean, that, you know, giving up a 2023 first round pick, which by the way, the 29th overall pick, is it a valuable pick? Of course, every, every draft pick is, is valuable, especially in the first round, but, Let's not act like this is a top 10 pick here that they're giving up. Uh, and then next year, giving up, you know, their, their second round pick and they get a third round pick back. Uh, I think it's a pretty fair deal, again, considering that they whiffed on the last three coaching hires uh, and they've been desperate to find somebody that can be, um, you know, someone that can change the culture and also bring in that offensive success that he's had. I think you do this 10 times out of 10, uh, this type of a trade. And I think you also pay him this amount of money.
0: So, so, as you were saying, and I was paying attention to a couple of words that you were using. You use "whiff" and you use "desperate," right? So the Broncos allegedly whiffed on the first three three coaches, and some would say that they whiffed on this whole uh, head coaching search and process process, which led them to your second word, which was "desperate," right? And obviously, Sean Payton has a, a resume that we can all look at and say, "Well, that he's well uh, accomplished," right? But when we look at it, we say, okay, well, did they get the right guy? We're going to say they got the right guy for the right time for the moment. Right. And he has a great resume. And you mentioned the fact of, okay, well, he's probably worth the money that they're actually paying him. So the idea is that you are worth what someone's willing to give you. So the Broncos were willing to give Sean Payton, you know, 70 to $20 million, because guess what? Right. Like, like, uh, Brad Pitt said in Troy, is there anyone else? And at this point, no, there wasn't. There were some other guys who were out there. And we talked about it, Brian Callahan being one of those guys, uh, Jonathan Gannon being another. But the Broncos felt as though those would still be first year coaches and they wanted someone with a little more experience. And Sean Payton definitely gives them that. So, with that being said, what do you think the type of culture will be? Uh, around here in Broncos country and over at the UC health training facility, knowing as though Sean Payton is now coming in opposed to what we saw under Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Well, I, I think there's not going to be anybody on a pedestal, Nick. Uh, I think this last year there was instances where it felt like it wasn't um, under control under Hackett, right? Like there were certain players uh, that we're maybe put on, and we'll get into the quarterback situation here in the next segment, Nick, because I think that's what that's what I'm referring to here is is there's not going to be a single player uh, above anyone else and, and making you know calls on what they're doing offensively or even defensively, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I think that Sean Payton's going to run this thing his way. I think he's going to be in control of that facility, like he he's going to be the one in charge and. in in dove valley that's not to say george payton won't play a very important role and we can we can get into what that looks like in a little bit but uh i think the biggest thing is is there's an adult in charge and uh you and i talked about it nick There's often times that it felt like there wasn't an adult in charge this last year uh and i think that there's going to be a respect among the players of this coach and not not to say they didn't respect nathaniel hackett but I think when you have somebody like a Sean Payton who's been around a long time, who's been to the top of the mountain, um, come into this building and kind of show the way that he leads each and every day, I think that that'll slowly change the culture. Uh, so, and I'm not saying he's going to come in there and be, you know, a total hard ass, right? Like that's not going to happen. That's that's what Jim Harbaugh probably would have done, right? Jim Harbaugh would have come in and just been a hard ass from day one. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton will have a little bit of that in him, but uh, I think he's more so, uh, the way that he leads himself, the way that he holds himself accountable. I, I think that that's uh, the kind of culture shift that you're going to see in that building. And I think it's going to be clear that he's the one running the show.
0: Well, I think from the get-go, he's going to establish that. And that that seems to be one of the reasons, initially, while, why the Broncos turned away from Sean Payton because he wanted so much. And I'm wondering whenever they have that press conference, Are they really going to tell us, well, now you have Sean. Well, what other things have you decided to give him? But we know he's going to come in here and he's going to demand a lot from the players. And we're going to see right away his his culture is going to be established. And it's going to be interesting to see how players uh, adjust to it. More importantly, how Russell Wilson adjusts to it. Because last year, you know, we, we know that, Uh, Russell came with a a hefty entourage, Uh, his masseuse, his personal quarterback coach, uh, his security. What is that going to look like now for Russell? Will that first sit down be, okay, well, hey, Russ, this is what we're taking away from you. Once you show us that you can get back to where we know that you can, we will give some of those things back. And you know uh, the first question, it's going to be asked. It's going to be asked about the process. And then the first question for Sean Payton is going to be like, so how are you going to handle Russell in this entourage? Now we can discuss as far as who's going to say that, but we already know where that's going to come from. But that is going to be a question that is asked of Sean Payton and how he's going to deal with that moving forward.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to the press conference, Nick, because I have a lot of questions um, about the process, which was a roller coaster. Uh, of a ride and and of course it felt like there was a spin you know once they hired him on Tuesday there was a spin already putting out there that oh well no it was always Sean Payton and all this stuff and it's like yeah I don't know about that um, <laughs> so I'm interested to hear about that and then obviously I think the biggest question moving forward Nick with this with this whole thing and this hire is how does he fit with Russell Wilson um, you know is this a situation that you know, Sean Payton can quote unquote, fix Russell Wilson. That's, that's been the narrative, right. Uh, Ever since this search started, you know, is, you know, the, the, even going into the search, Nick, we, we talked about it. Is it important to find, find somebody that is uh, hold on? That's my phone ringing. Um, Is it important to find somebody that, you know, is, is going to be able to fix Russell Wilson? Is that the number one priority? And I think they found a guy that's, going to be pretty good at it. Um, I will say that. I think he might be the best fit of all the people. So we're going to take a quick break, Nick, uh, and then we're going to dive directly into the Russell Wilson stuff and also any other players that we think might benefit
0: the most from this hire. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoyer.
1: All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, we were just talking about Russell Wilson, and I wanted to ask you because you're you're the football guy here, right? You 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 know football better th- than I do in terms of schematics. How does Russell Wilson fit into what Sean Payton did in New Orleans? I mean, you look at the statistics. Obviously, Drew Brees was prolific with Sean Payton. Uh, that offense was. I, I think that in his 15 years, it was like. 12 of those 15 seasons, they were top 10 in points per game. Uh, I think even like three times they finished first in the league in points per game. I mean, this was a very successful offense in New Orleans. How does Russell Wilson fit into what Sean Payton does schematically?
0: Well, it's not going to be a perfect fit. I know that sounds crazy, but if you look around the league, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as perfect anything. The idea is trying to get uh, both guys on the same page, and what I mean by that is trying to do a little of what Sean wants to do and do a little of what Russ wants to do. But in this case, we're going to see more of what Sean wants to do and try to get Russell to kind of buy into it. And it seemed as though that was somewhat of an issue last year under Nathaniel Hackett. But Sean Payton has a, a resume, as that we talked about, a resume of success. So Russ is just going to have to listen and trust Sean on what he's trying to tell him. And, and some of those throws that we, we, we see from or we saw from Russell this past season, they're going to look a little different. And we know that Russell is vertically challenged. We've always known that. And the fact that Sean Payton was able to be successful, like you said, uh, a lot of passing yards in the league. And Drew Brees broke Dan Marino's sing, single-season passing yards, uh, I guess, one year. I think Dan threw for maybe 5,000 yards. And Drew Brees broke that. But it's like, how can a guy who's not – actually six feet accomplished that. And that was with the offensive line. And this offensive line is going to have to be changed in so many ways. And not just run blocking, but pass blocking as well. But they're going to be required to create passing lanes for Russell in those short intermediate routes. That's where Russell is going to live. I know he wants to take shots down the field. That would happen. That Those things will be created throughout this offense but is throwing in those passing windows. So, yes, will he have to make some throws from the pocket? Absolutely. Will that be the only part of his offense that Sean Payton builds? No. It's going to be getting Russell on the move, and this is where things are going to be different and where Sean Payton himself will have to adjust because that's not been the history of his offense. When you went from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater for a short period of time, it was pocket passing. When you had, uh, uh, let me see, Andy Dalton, it was the same thing, pocket passing. James Winston, the same thing, but they still try to get him out. But this is going to be adjustment, George, for both men, and we get a chance to have front row seats to see how well it works out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely going to be some adjustments, but the good thing is, is Sean Payton's one of the best at adjusting, right? Uh, we've seen that throughout his career and his his ability to scheme around um, you know what Drew Brees could and couldn't do and then also what some of those other quarterbacks that you mentioned could and couldn't do so I I I trust that he can figure it out with Russell Um, you know I I think that in terms of the scheme I'm not like super knowledgeable on it but um, I know that there was some pocket passing in there but it was also a lot of easier throws, right? There was, there was throws that were quick throws, get it out of Drew's hands, um, those sorts of situations. So I think that that's some of the stuff we could see. I, I just trust that Sean will be able to draw up some stuff that will make Russ's life a lot easier. What I want to ask you too, Nick, and this was what I was kind of hinting at in the first segment with you know not putting anybody on a pedestal, uh, those sorts of things. What do you think the relationship – will be like between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And it seems like it's already sort of strong. I mean, I remember when I asked about Sean back in, you know, I think it was the last game of the season. I asked about the coaching search and what he thought of some of the early candidates. And Sean was obviously one of them. And Russell went on and on about how he's a wizard offensively, a great competitor. I mean, the quote's been floating around now the past few days. Um, but then we also hear Russell called Sean during the coaching search and talk to him we don't know what that conversation was about i would assume it's like hey you should come to denver or uh what do you think about you know coaching me what was your plan for me if you were to come to denver but what do you think that relationship will look like between quarterback and coach and how will it be different than what maybe we saw this last year
0: you No, know, i first let me start off by saying this uh, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it right uh, last year with hackett russell had a little more leeway of kind of dictating what he wanted to do. And, and obviously it's smart for any uh, offensive coordinator to build your offense around a particular player and put on some of the plays that they're more comfortable with. Uh, like, as we said earlier, things are going to change as far as Sean Payton. That's not something that he, he will do. He would not really uh, bow down to every beck and call of Russell Wilson. Now there's going to be some compromise and obviously you got to set your quarterback but this is going to be more of Sean Payton telling Russ, hey, listen, this is what I know that's successful. I know you did a lot of these things in Seattle, but here's what I know is a proven commodity and definitely can work, not just for you, work for the team, because we have to remember, it's not about you, Russ, it's about the team. And when you look at the the contract uh, that Sean Payton's going to receive that five years, that's letting you know, that he's not really tied to Russell Wilson, right? If things don't go well in this first year, then now the the owners have enough money to just kind of part ways uh, with Russell. So there's a certain commitment that's made for this team for this this season, but also a long-term commitment for for Sean Payton. So with that being said, he's walking in that building with a certain level of authority that maybe Nathaniel Hackett did not have. And I know – Vance Joseph did not have when he was here. So it's about those two guys getting on the same page. And as quickly as they can, this team will go go well, because we know, once again, it it wasn't necessarily the defense that was an issue. The defense had their issues from time to time. It's about this offense. And can both men, not just Russell, but this is Sean too as well, can, can both men kind of put their egos in their back pockets for this organization to now start to produce in the way, in the way that most of us had hoped last season.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't want to dive into just all of this last year of Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, but this was definitely a humbling season for Russell. And I think that there's a part of him that understands that he needs to to go back to what he was doing that was successful in Seattle and and go, get back to some of that stuff and maybe not do the stuff that they did this last year, right? Uh, and so I think he knows that he needs to you know trust Sean Payton, um, do as Sean Payton says because uh, he has been successful and he's been successful with a quarterback similar, I guess, to to Russell. So I think he understands that and I think he's going to be willing to accept that. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I wonder if Russell. I have no idea what he's doing right now in the offseason but I wonder if he shows up to the press conference it wouldn't shock me I know you know typically some players usually show up uh, to the head coaching press conference and maybe he'll you know do a little scrum and, and talk I'd love to hear Russell's perspective uh, and not have to wait till you know whenever we'd see him again I guess that'd be like OTAs that'd be a long time from now so I'd love to love to talk to him and see what he has to say about about Sean Payton um, but Nick who are some other guys? other than Russell Wilson, because that's all we ever talk about is Russell Wilson, who are some other guys on this roster that are going to benefit the most from Sean Payton?
0: Well, I just kind of look at uh, the receiving core, right? Jerry Judy and uh, his his role. We all know, especially if you play fantasy football, oh, well, for the past two years, maybe not so, but before that, Michael Thomas was a dog in fantasy football because Sean Payton found ways to – move him around, create certain matchups, and that relationship between Thomas and Drew Brees, man, it was something I'm spot on. But I still look at the, the tight end position, right? We still don't know what Albert Al- 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 is like. And I can tell you this, right? From the people I talked to and then knowing as though Sean Payton is a Bill Parcell's guy and, and I and I coach for uh, I didn't coach for Bill, but I played for Bill and he was he was my coach one my my younger days with the Jets. It's going to be no nonsense when it comes to inefficiencies, uh, when talking about dropping balls or blocking. So I don't know if uh, Apple Oka Okawebonon will survive this uh, next coaching hire, but one guy that will, Greg Dulcich. When you think about the tight ends that uh, that played for Sean Payton, Jeremy Shockey, you had Brandon Cooks, uh, you also had Jimmy Graham. A lot of those guys were effective as far as outside the numbers but more importantly, down the middle of the field. So I expect for those guys to do well. Another guy, let's just say Cortland Sutton. Here's what we found out. When Cortland Sutton was set down, you know, most people really, those people who hated on Jerry, they really found out he's one hell of a player. So what you can do, you can put a guy like Cortland Sutton in the slot, big body guy, and maybe not as fast, but that pass catching ability, that catch radius reminds me of uh, Marcus Costa. you know, guy who came, uh, out of uh, a college in, in New York. it, 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 it kinda, I can't remember what it is right now. But was it Rutgers? Was no, it, is? It, it wasn't. Um, God, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Hold right. on,
1: I'll find it out.
0: Yeah, but Marcus Kosin was a big body wide receiver that they utilized in a slot because of his size. He could take advantage of smaller DBs. That that would be a natural transition for a guy like Tim Patrick or Colin Sutton. So those guys stay in the game a lot. Uh, from Sean Payton being on the team,
1: he went to Hofstra.
0: Yeah, yes, it was on. Yeah, it, it was right there. I should have known. You had man. it.
1: You had it. You had yeah. it. I'll give it yeah. to you.
0: Uh, no,
1: I agree. I, I think the wide receivers are the first ones to look at. Like, I think Jerry Judy is going to thrive in this offense. Like you said, I think he can kind of take over that Michael Thomas spot. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton, I think that he could have, you know, a a big career in this offense. Um, You know, I think Greg Dulcich is a really good one, Nick. I mean, you think about, you know, I I remember the Jimmy Graham days of he was that big tight end guy that you could find down the middle of the field, um, you know, in the red zone. I mean, he had some of his best years in New Orleans. And so I I think that that is something they can replicate. I would also say the offensive line, right? Uh, You look at, Um, you know, what Sean Payton's been able to do with the offensive lines in in New Orleans. I mean, those were some of the best offensive lines in football. So I'm gonna be interested to see how they maybe retool that. I wonder how many of the guys that we saw this last year are back. I wonder if they go out, they try and get some different guys in free agency. I would say they'll they'll draft some guys, but they don't have a ton of draft picks, uh, especially in the higher rounds of guys that could come in and start right away. But I, I would all I would assume all those guys, I would even say running back, Nick. I mean, look what he did. Uh, I know it was towards the end of his time in New Orleans, but Alvin Kamara, I mean, he was the best in the, in the league uh, when Sean Payton was there. I mean, I, I don't know have that sort of a dynamic player. Obviously we'll have to wait and see what Javante Williams comes back and looks like next year. Um, but I would assume this also is, is good news for our, uh, our boy Latavius Murray. Right. I mean, he's very mm-hmm. familiar with Sean Payton. I wouldn't be shocked if Sean says, Hey, yeah, let's bring this guy back. I know him. He's a veteran. I've, I'm not saying he'll be the, the guy, to start the year, but I think he'll be in the room. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and they they use one of those draft picks on a running back, Nick. Uh there's also quite a few guys that will probably hit free agency. Obviously, Barkley, I, I wouldn't I, I don't think he'll leave New York, but who knows? Maybe they, they make a big shot at him, a big run at him. Uh, I think Joe Mixon's gonna hit the market. Obviously, he's been really good for the Bengals. So there, there's some there's some guys out there that I wonder if they try to go after at running back because Sean Payton has had some success there as well.
0: Well, here's one guy. Uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking about uh, the roster itself. One guy who should be happy. I don't know how happy he is, but he should be, and that's Chase Evans. He he was underutilized uh, as far as in my opinion last year on the Hackett. I know he got injured, but when he came back, he he still wasn't utils in the way that I expected him to be used. And you mentioned Alvin Kamara. I mean, when you think about what the offense was, and even Darren Sproles, when he was there, it was the screen game. They used the screen game to get their running backs involved. That's something that you know Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have, have, have deployed for the Kansas City Chiefs effectively. They don't really hand the ball off. They just motion those guys out swing routes and just dump it off to them and just kind of let them make money. So for me, Chase Edmonds could emerge as the lead back until Javante comes back. And like you said, I would love to see the Murray back in the fold, maybe not being the bell cow back, but being that change of pace back. So when you look at this offense and just the idea of Sean Payton, it looks great. It, It looks great. And the team should put up more than 24 points because that's what they average the last two games of the season. And you hire Sean. So that means the point total should go up.
1: Yeah, I agree. Is it, is it really a, uh, is it really an episode of touchdown Denver? If Nick and I don't bring up Latavius Murray, it's a must. It's a must. It's a must. Another guy too. And we'll take a quick break after this. Cause it kind of leads into our next topic is I think Garrett Bowles might uh, benefit from this and, and not just Sean Payton, but I think the staff that he might hire I me, mean, Mike Munchak is the guy that it sounds like could maybe be the offensive line coach. Um, that's been kind of thrown out there. Obviously he's still, I believe in town uh, in Denver. So I wonder if that could happen and, and Garrett played his best ball under Munchak. So I wonder if that's a, a situation that that could arise, but Nick, we got to take a quick break and then we're going to dive into what, what does the staff look like? Because there's some other names that are pretty familiar Uh, to Broncos fans other than Mike Munchak that are being thrown around.
0: Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All
1: right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, let's let's dive into some of these uh, coaching staff hires. Obviously, we, we talked about the players that are going bif- to benefit from Sean Payton. Uh, but the next step in all of this, Nick, other than the Broncos officially announcing that they've hired Sean Payton, is hiring a staff. Uh, there's already been quite a few names thrown out there. Uh, we'll dive into the offensive side in a bit because I don't think it's as important because we know Sean Payton's going to be calling plays as he did for 15 years in New Orleans the big rumor out there right now is could he bring back Vic Fangio? What would that look like? Obviously, you know, some people think, um, you know, that'd be a great fit, obviously a great defensive coordinator. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but well, actually Nick, as, uh, I sit here, I just checked my phone. Um, Adam Schefter is tweeting that, um, Vic Fangio after the Super Bowl is going to officially become the Dolphins defensive coordinator. Um, so I guess that ends that conversation, Nick. Um, <laughs> what does that mean, I guess, for the Broncos and Sean Payton, what he might want to do? And, and also, I mean, I was going to bring up Evero. I guess this opens the door for Evero uh, to return as well.
0: Yeah, it does. And I guess uh, you, you, you celebrate on two fronts. I guess uh, everyone down in Miami is celebrated because that was kind of op- up in arms of as far as what Vic Fangio was going to do. And he just seemed as though he was swinging them along. But that helps out Mike McDaniel. And Then you think about a guy like Bradley Chubb. Uh, that's going to help out that defense. We know Vic Fangio has been great in a defensive coordinator position, not so much a head coach. So they're solidified in Miami, but this definitely opens the door for Everett. Hopefully he stays here. I was hoping that that would be the situation. But you still have to wonder, George, even if Everall and Sean Payton were to get on the same page and he were to stay here because Everall did a great job with the defense, you still have to wonder with the certain level of control that Sean Payton may have, will he try to get Everall to change certain members on his staff to bring in people who he is, uh, I guess, a familiar with? So that is something that well, we have to wait and see uh, what happens with that.
1: Yeah, and, and while you're talking, Nick, I also saw on on Twitter that Mike Silver uh, of NFL Network, I believe, is reporting that Sean Payton and, and Evero are meeting today to discuss his future in Denver. Uh, it sounds like maybe Payton wants to keep him. But like you said, you know, does that come with staff changes? Does that mean he has to get rid of, you know, certain position coaches, things like that? You know, Evero also still up for uh, the Colts job, which we kind of know the direction that's heading in. I don't think he's going to get that job. He's also a finalist for the Cardinals job. I don't think he'll get that. I don't know. Both those searches have been wild to say the least. So I don't really know what's going to happen in those two places. And then he's also up Nick. Like if, if he wants to leave, obviously he's under contract, but um, I think there's a way out of here. If, if he wants to leave, he's going to be one of those top defensive coordinator choices. I know the Vikings uh, are waiting to see what happens with him because they want to try and get him in Minnesota. Uh, So I think there's some decisions to be made for Evero of, you know, does he want to stay around? Like I've said previous times, he was best friends with Nathaniel Hackett. So I don't know if that's rubbed him the wrong way, that, how that whole thing went down. Um, I, I think he's got a great relationship with the players, and the players would obviously prefer for him to stay. But I think it's going to be some tough decisions for Evero too, in just terms of uh, what's he want to do.
0: Do you think that there is a possibility? Because I know that, hey, Vic Fangio was a good defensive mind but he wasn't the best guy as far as uh, building those off the field relationships with his players. And that's not to say that as a coach, you have to be the best friend of your players, but it helps to be able to talk to them and communicate with them and at least know certain members in their family. You don't have to know them well, but be able to know that, Hey man, Justin Simmons wife's name is this. Do you think that for, I guess, for the sake of argument that that played a role in this whole conversation of Vic, coming here to to Denver now staying in Miami that the players or some key players might've voiced their opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's the, the two years that I covered Vic, I think there was a respect for Vic. I think they understood that he knows what he's doing defensively. Uh, Obviously they had a lot of success on that side of the ball, but there wasn't that passion um, to play for Vic, right? Uh, The win-win for the Gipper type mentality, From these guys, whereas this last year, Nick, even though they were losing games, um, you know, that every single player on that side of the ball loved Jiro Evero and and loved playing in this system. And a lot of them obviously were very successful, had some of their best seasons in the NFL. So uh, I think that this is something that that played a huge factor in it is he's got a very, very strong relationship with a lot of these players. Uh, He's someone that I think a lot of guys trust. Obviously, he did a heck of a job his first year as the defensive coordinator, and I'm sure Sean Payton saw that and said, you know, why would we not just keep this guy, whereas it would be a very awkward situation to bring back a guy um, that didn't have that same connection with the players and was let go by the organization just a year ago. So, um, you know, I I think that 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 all played a role in this.
0: Well, you know what? While you were saying that, my phone buzzed, and uh, I guess that press conference for Sean Payton is scheduled for Monday – is reported that CEO Greg Penner is playing in the Pebble Beach uh, Pro Am uh, this week. Classic, and, and, and uh, he's going to play with uh, Josh Kroenke, uh in, in the Pro Am. I guess that's his uh, his partner. So, so yes, there it is, right there. Uh, LeBron- that's that
1: Walmart money playing in
0: Pebble Beach. Yeah, he's playing in Pebble Beach, and his official uh, Sean Payton's uh, press conference will be held uh, on Monday and. Pebble Beach, man, talk about rich people problems. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's great. But hopefully, too, we'll, we'll figure out some staff changes by then. I mean, it sounds like there's a good chance we've – I mean, if if the conversation goes well today between Peyton and Evero, I wonder if we find out today that Evero's staying, um, which I think would be huge for the Broncos. And and I think the pitch from Sean Payton, if he, if, he, if he wants to keep Evero and maybe there's some hesitation from Evero is, hey, stick around for one more year. Maybe you didn't get the head coaching job this year, but – we're going to win some football games next year. We're bringing back the majority of that defensive side of the football. Um, you know, there's some a couple free agents over there, but I'm sure they intend to, you know, bring back an Alex Singleton. I think Draymond Jones might get franchise tag, So you're, you're bringing back a lot of that production. Stick around one more year. We're going to win some football games. You're going to have a top five, top ten defense again next year. Uh, and then you'll go get a head coaching job, you know, and I think that that would be my pitch. So it'll be interesting to see, Nick, but that's some big news today that we found out that, Vic Fangio is going to the Dolphins, and it sounds like maybe uh, Sean Payton is trying to keep Evero in Denver.
0: Well, you know what, George? That is um, a worthwhile proposition uh, considering, you know, taking into consideration that if Azure Evero wants to really be a head coach and it's just like, well, Nick, how could you say that? Of course he wants to be, but that's not the case for everyone Yeah, Just because you receive an interview doesn't necessarily mean that you want to uh, be a head coach. Think about it. Fangio, I mean, he got his first head coaching opportunity, and he was in the league what 40 plus years. So I, I like the direction that you're going if Ever wants to go in that direction. And it could happen if these both both of these guys can kind of uh get on the same pace. So it's an excellent proposition because here's what we do know what happens in the NFL. And all you have to do is look at what happened with San Francisco 49ers and D'Amico Ryans and Kyle Shanahan. If the team plays better as a group, even if one side plays better than the other. But if they win games and they get in the playoffs, teams are like, hey, we want that guy. We want some of that juice or whatever they are squeezing out with that team out in Denver. So this may be the the best opportunity for him. But once again, it comes down to the level of control. If Sean Payton is saying, okay, I'm going to let you, Zero Everett, have the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to man the offensive side of the ball, then, hey, we're good. You do what you want. Whoever you want, um, you get those guys. I may ask that you bring one guy in, make one tweak to your roster, bring in Chris Rashard. And, and, and even I would, if I was talking to everyone, I would tell him to do it because Rashard is one hell of a DB coach. Now, I mean, that's something you won't really have to wor- uh, worry about. I know you talk about Coach Parker, but Chris Rashard, man, he, he is one of those guys. And not to say that we're trying to duplicate the Legion of Boom or the no-fly zone. But now you have a secondary who's well coached, and we'll see a guy like Demari Mathis take his game to a whole different level.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see, Nick. I, I again, it, it, I think Evero has some some choices to make. Obviously, we kind of have to see how the Colts and Cardinals conversations play out. I don't think those are going to happen, but um, we'll have to find that maybe, out.
0: But maybe that's maybe that's the call right there.
1: That- <laughs> exactly, but it'll be interesting to see. Definitely something to follow these next few days. And I'm sure, again, we'll, we'll know more uh, when, when Pebble Beach is over um, and uh, we get a press conference finally on Monday. Quickly, Nick, before we wrap up today's podcast, what do you want to see on the offensive staff? Uh, I know there's been some talk about Joe Lombardi, who was let go um, from the Chargers. Uh, he was their offensive coordinator there for a few years. Uh, he was let go, uh, and he obviously knows Sean Payton was the quarterback's coach for a long time in New Orleans. Uh, Maybe he's the offensive coordinator. I know there's been talk about Daryl Bevel, uh, who obviously knows Russell Wilson uh, and is the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach in Miami. Maybe he could come. Uh, And then the offensive line coach, Mike Munchak, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, It seems like that's a very real possibility. Uh, Nick, what do you want to see from the offensive coaching staff?
0: Well, I'm going to start with the running back room. Uh, Skip Pete, man, when I coached in the San Francisco 49ers, I got a chance to uh, talk to talk to him, and he's coached some, uh, some, some great running backs in this league. I think he would be great in that room as far as getting those guys uh, on, on track. As far as uh, wide receivers, I mean, this is not fantasy football, but I would like to see Reggie Wayne come in because I think uh, his leadership and his experience as a wide receiver could definitely help out that young group, and it would definitely help out guys like Corland Sutton help take his game to, to the next level. As far as OC, you know, you have to think that Sean Payne is going to have a lot to do with that, so he wants to bring in someone that has a like mind with him, but the idea of having Derek Bevel come in here, I mean, that, that makes sense or even having, you know, Brian Schottenheimer come in, maybe not so much as the OC, but maybe the quarterback coach, right? Because once again, we talk about trying to get Russell to show the world that he has, uh, hasn't lost anything and he's still the same person, so Right off bat, those are a couple of guys that I thought about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a good chance that um, you know the, the coach, the offensive coaching staff are going to be guys that worked in New Orleans with Sean Payton or, or very closely, or um, you know, or somebody that he knows very well. But again, it's not as I, I don't think it's as crucial or as important just because Sean Payton is going to be running the show. He's going to be calling the plays. So I know we talked about Nick, the most important hire. You know, if whoever the head coach is is going to be offensive coordinator. Well, the offense coordinator is technically Sean Payton. So, um, you know, that's a good thing. I I think the O-line coach is going to be crucial. Um, You know, I think that that's where of any position group on this team, Nick, they have to get better. Uh, And luckily they got a head coach that has historically had great offensive lines. So I think he's going to fill that position well. I think it'd be smart to give Mike Munchak a call. I have no idea if he'd be interested. Obviously he's towards the end of his career, but uh, this offensive line did well under him. Uh, and I think that he could fit what Sean Payton wants to do. Obviously they know each other very well. So I, I think that that's a very important hire. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see what they do with the wide receivers coach. I mean, Zach Azani has been here a very long time. I, I don't think he'll be retained. I don't really know. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the one guy off of the previous staff that was retained on that offensive staff this last year on, on Hackett staff. So I don't know, maybe they keep him around. Um, but Reggie Wayne would be awesome. That'd be, that'd be a heck of a hire. I know. I think he was the Colts wide receivers coach this last year. Wasn't he? So uh, I, I wonder if Sean Payton could lure him uh, to Denver. I think that'd be a heck of a hire. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see Nick uh, who they end up hiring any final thoughts before we get out of here. I think uh, next week when we talk next, maybe we'll have a press conference under our belt.
0: Well, hopefully we will have a press conference under our belt by then. And we, we will have more insight on, Why so long and what uh, went into this process? But right now I'm just uh, I'll celebrate Sean Payton being here and I will reserve a little of my excitement until I see what things look like in those first couple of games to start the 2023 season.
1: Just remember, Nick, whatever they tell you. He was not their number one choice. I don't believe you, Greg. I don't believe you. Don't spin zone me. You can't
0: spin zone me. Well, r- really quickly, uh, I mean, that was the first thing Adam Schefter said, right? Yeah. And the moment he said that, I was just like, almost spit out my tea. I was like, really, Adam? Is that what we're doing? I get it. Yeah. I understand it. But, I mean, no one in America really believes that. But they say, man, a lie is not a lie unless you believe it, right? exactly so is that what is that is that i i don't
1: know nick you say a lot of things during this podcast and i'm like i don't know if that's correct but we'll go with it so uh but that's a that's another episode of touchdown denver thanks to everybody for listening make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast and we will see you guys next week on tuesday